Hi everybody, this is Wrong Term Memory. If you're listening on the public feed, it's January the 16th. And if you're listening on Patreon, it's way before that. Uh, my name's Jack, and joining me is Colin, as always. How are you, mate? Yeah, hello mate, I'm good. It's good to be back recording, back to have regularity and um, content for mostly, I'm going to lie, mostly for the Patreon guys. Like, fuck these public people, but for the guys <laughs> on Patreon, um, we want to give them stuff as often as possible. So glad to get this recorded for them. Yeah, so this is going to be a couple of days early because, like I say, the public feed stuff is going out on the date in January anyway of the sort of famous things that have happened on those dates. It's, it's pretty um, simple content gathering stuff from me, basically. You just go to Wikipedia and pick something that you find interesting on that date. And I, as you know, I'm, I'm the, the history guy in inverted commas on here, and Colin isn't, but we're going way back in time, Colin, to basically um, the, the start of the Roman Empire, basically. Oh, good. Excellent. So, you know, I've got rules when it comes to history. If it's not televised and it's not in colour, I'm kind of not that keen on it. Um, Even if it's in colour and it's not in HD, I struggle with it. So this, when I get there probably isn't even a photograph. So, um, yeah, there definitely isn't photographs of Caesar, isn't there not? No, I know photographs back then, mate. It's those um, stupid, or you would think um, stupid, I was going to say brick statues, but you know what I mean? The statues of people. Oh, that's They're all shit. pale and white and they, they look a bit freaky because they don't have eyes and shit like that. Yeah, just boring Lego. Yeah, okay. Um, that's fine. I know who Caesar is because he's very, very famous. Um, he built straight roads and um, I think he wore a crown. So I think yeah, that's you're already, Yeah, we're, you're already getting mixed up. You're thinking of Julius Caesar. He's probably the, the guy you're thinking of. That This is his great nephew, I think, that we're going to be speaking about today. Who... You kidding me on? No, no, no. Right, so we're even not though... Actually... No. We're not actually doing Caesar? We're not doing Julius Caesar, no. We're doing his great nephew, who was called Gaius um, Octavius, basically. Although, in the document here, because I went to chat AI, that chatbot thing, and asked it again to sort of writer's content for an eight-year-old basically explaining who he was he did take julius caesar's name his great uncle and stuck it in the middle of his name but this guy was basically octavian and that was his his name and augustus isn't really isn't a name it's more of a title that he gave himself it means like sort of great ruler or something like that right okay but it's not okay it's not julius caesar it was augustus he was the first roman emperor basically (laughs) one of the most influential figures basically in roman history Credited with basically transforming the Roman Republic uh, into the Roman Empire, basically, and established the foundations of a monarchy that would last centuries. Uh, quite a good leader, I think. Brought a lot of peace to Rome and stuff like that. You know, Pax Romana. You ever heard that phrase? Uh, no. Right. Okay. Um, he brought peace to Rome because, like, back in yeah. the day, like, basically, that's all every country done was fight. Everybody yeah, fought a lot everybody. Of yeah, a lot of like, oh, you, you. You stay in the next town, let's fight. You stay in the next country, let's fight. Um, but he sort of brought peace. So, yeah, pretty um, pretty influential guy, basically. So, um, as always, I don't presume, you know, you've read this, but we're just going to battle through this, um, if you That's want. Fine. We'll just sort of read. That's fine. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I was going to ask you a question, but I've just I've just, I've just, just read it, uh, four paragraphs on, actually. I know the answer to it now. I've got a quick ask you a question right from the start. Yeah. Right, so this guy is the the grand nephew of Julius Caesar, right? Uh-huh. 
why do I know about Julius Caesar, not this guy? Why is this guy more important than Julius Caesar? Or is that going to all come? Um, he's probably like I said. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a historian, so like I don't know the answers to these questions. Augustus was probably a better leader. He was probably right, okay. he, he lasted longer. He he done better things. Julius Caesar's probably more famous for the whole sort of. It helped that he bedded Cleopatra, for example. Like that would right. have added to his myth, you know, like bedding an Egyptian queen. Um, okay. He was, um, he was at the front line, and he, he was like a a very well respected general. So he led the armies at the front line, and he was, I think, maybe the first uh, Roman to be deified. Basically, so after his death, he get pronounced as a god. Right. Okay. The Romans basically went, that guy was a god. So that's probably why Julius Caesar's more famous, because he was sort of first, he was a bit of a shagger, and like I say, um, Cleopatra, that definitely would have, um, would have helped, you know. So okay. that's probably Makes why sense. you know him better. Um, but this guy's probably a better a better ruler, basically. So what you're basically saying to me is that I know the celebrity one, basically. Everybody knows the celebrity one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right, let's go. Uh, right, so we'll just battle through this, we'll just read it, mate. You know what I mean, paragraph by paragraph, and we'll learn as we go. And again, if you've got any questions, you can ask me, and I probably might be able to fluff my way around an answer. And if not, I'll just say I don't know. So, the Roman Republic was founded uh, in 509 BC, so 509 years before before Christ was born, basically. Wow, um, it's mad. After the, after the Romans revolted against their Etruscan conquerors and established a system of government in which the Roman people had a say in the decisions that affected their lives. Basically, so kind of like the first stages of democracy a bit. Um, the system of government was known as a republic back then, based on the idea that power should be shared among the people rather than having this one big single ruler guy, which was basically how every, basically everywhere back then was like they had a king, they had a ruler, and he made the decisions, and that was kind of They decided to head down a different route a little bit, and it was pretty successful for like nearly 2,000 years, basically. Yeah, so for more than four centuries, uh, the Roman Republic flourished as a powerful and prosperous state with a strong economy, a well-organised military and a sophisticated system of government. I don't know how sophisticated it can be this far back, but yeah. Um, However, by the end of the first century BC, the Roman Republic was in crisis, political infighting and corruption was rampant and the once great Roman military was struggling to maintain its dominance. And this was the time, Jack, that things were chaotic. It was a troubled time and up stepped Augustus, a young man with a vision for a better future. The grandnephew of Julius Caesar, the Roman general and statesman, had been assassinated in 44 BC. Um, after Caesar's death, a power struggle ensued and Augustus emerged as the leader of the Roman Empire. Yeah, so that was in 27 BC. So the Roman Senate granted Augustus the t- his title, basically, right, right okay, you, you can be Augustus, which basically means the exalted one, the sort of top potato, basically. Uh, this marked the beginning of a new era in Roman history. And again, this is when the Roman Republic came to an end because it was all about the Republic when Julius Caesar was in charge as well. So maybe that's kind of why you've maybe heard more about him as well because he was like, that was when it was all democracy and there was senators and everybody had a, a choice and then Augustus sort of came in and decided, now fuck that. Um I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the ruler, basically. Um and he took like a number of important responsibilities as the first Roman Emperor. Because back then the, the Romans were, were dead against monarchy. They were dead against like 
kings, like that's how you never see any of their like any of the stupid stone statue things with, with crowns or anything on. Because they, they didn't like that basically. Like see even the wee reef that like you, you, you will have seen some of these statues have got on their head. Yeah. They were, they were even kinda against that. Like because that sort of pointed towards you being a king rather than sort of like just a a, a guy the head of the republic. Basically, but this Augustus basically went. Oh, I'm going to be emperor here, um, so he, he changed rules for like managing the economy um, and sort of organising the the Roman military in a slightly um, different way. Again, establish a new system of government that would be more effective and efficient in the Republic. Um, he created a mad bureaucracy to manage, like think about like collecting tax nowadays and stuff like that, like page or whatever or your self-assessments. Bit of a pain in the arse doing a self-assessment. Can you imagine back in the day, try to collect tax applicants, how fucking difficult that would be? Just chaps with chapping doors in it, probably. And... A, a lot of sort of door chapping and stuff like that. Um, but he managed to create this bureaucracy that, like, it, it made things easier, basically, and it ran a lot smoother. He reformed the military and basically created a, a professional army. Um, even though the Romans were famous for their armies, they, they weren't, like, as professional. Um, or the standing army anyway, so that they know how them that march that you see in the films yeah. and shit. Um, they were better trained and more disciplined than sort of the the volunteer militias um, of the past, basically. So he created a more professional army, which made them more powerful, obviously, at that time. Seems like seems like an intelligent guy with his fingers in many pies. Oh. Um, he was also a patron of the arts and a great builder. Um, I love this chat, like a patron of the arts. Like, what was the arts back then? Just people drawing on walls. Um, he commissioned <laughs> a number. He commissioned a number of important public works projects, including the construction of new roads, um, aqueducts, <laughs> and public buildings. There we go, big straight roads. Um, he also encouraged the development of literature, philosophy, and the arts, and this in turn helped make the Roman Empire one of the most culturally advanced societies of its time. It's amazing hearing that, right? Because like, I know I, I jest a little bit talking about people just painting on walls and shit, right? But I do struggle. Like, I cannot wrap my head around what life was like back then for people. Like, the boredom, the cold. Um, I just don't know what people did with themselves. Even if you think about the books, the books were all fucking massive and leather-bound and metal and all that. And it was all fiction. Uh, sorry, it was all non-fiction. So even apart from the Bible, I suppose, but it's just well, there wouldn't be a Bible, was there? This was BC. Well, that's um, Augustus would have been the emperor from I can't remember the exact dates, but twenty seven BC until AD. So he would have basically been the emperor as Jesus was kicking about. So I see. So the Garden Eden and all that. Then right, okay, cool. Um, uh, he was running about Jesus times. But yeah, just the, the idea that he's putting together literature, philosophy and the arts and stuff, I just find, and this is this is my issue, right? I just can't get my head around it. Like, if you're talking about um, literature, what were they writing about? Because life was shit. So what was the stories? What was the philosophy about? What was the arts? What were they drawing? Because everything was miserable and crap. <laughs> just, just, just don't get it. Just ah, fair enough, fair enough. Like... As always back then, like a pretty successful guy, um, but not without his flaws. Pretty ruthless politician was known to be willing to do whatever it had to achieve his goals. Because back then, like you had to live in constant paranoia because if you didn't, some cunt was going to murder you. Basically, um, <laughs> he was a bit of a bit of a master of propaganda, 
and he used his control of because they had the media back then. Again, I don't really know how the media sort of get passed about pamphlets and shit. I don't know. Must be a town crier. I maybe, but he presented himself as some sort of hero uh, and savior to the Roman people. So people gobbled that shit up and really sort of um, really liked him. Basically, um, a significant and lasting impact. Basically, stability and pr- prosperity to troubled times. Like I said, lot of sort of peace. And shit like that, and he laid the foundations again up for a monarchy, even though they didn't really want a monarchy. That he laid the foundations, and it lasted for centuries, basically. And you can still see some of the monuments and stuff like that that bear his name. Um, and obviously the the this this the enduring influence of Roman culture on the world. Now, sitting here as a layman, you, you probably I, I'm the same. You, you probably don't realise the impact that all this shit's had just in the world the last fucking however many thousand years, basically. Um, you just don't know. No, I don't. Like just sitting here, I'm saying, just sitting here in my office with a nice laptop and stuff like that. You, you don't really think about the the lasting impact of this sort of shit, but there must be, there must be stuff that's um, lasted for for many generations. Anyway, um, that's basically an overview of Augustus. We will. You want to go into a little bit more detail, um, sort of about yeah. some of the facts that we've we've spoke about there. We've got. We've got a lot of stuff about Augustus, seven or eight things, and then um, we'll, we'll speak about some um, of the more uh, tyrannical, tyrannical sort of manical um, rulers back in Rome back in the day. But um, yeah, Colin, you take this one because we sort of mentioned you know Julius Caesar, so he was his great, yeah. uh, great uncle. Yeah, I'll take this one just before I do that. Um, just to confirm that, that summary that we've just went through, that was all provided by the chatbot again, wasn't it? Yeah, hundred percent, man. It's <laughs> pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it's absolutely amazing, honestly, mm-hmm. tremendous. Um, okay, so fact number one: Julius Caesar was his great uncle and his adopted father. Um, was born on September the twenty third, sixty three BC. That's very specific. Um, Augustus grew up in a town about twenty five miles southeast of Rome. His father was a senator who died unexpectedly when he was four. Fuck, I did well to father a child and be a senator by the age of four. Um, <laughs> his, his mother. Was... <laughs> no, uh, that, this wasn't even this wasn't even the chatbot. This was off of a history website. And it's not very well written, is it? <laughs> um, his mother was Caesar's niece. Um, as a child, Augustus presumably saw little to none of his famous great uncle, who was out invading Gaul. However. Um, he gained Caesar's trust and began spending more and more time with him, including during a military campaign in Spain. Thanks to his great uncle, Augustus was able to join the, the patrician aristocracy, uh, just one of many honours bestowed on him. And then after a group of senators assassinated Caesar in 44 BC, Augustus learned of the conqueror's recently redrawn will, in which he was posthumously adopted and bequeathed a generous inheritance. So Caesar did him a good turn then, left him a lot of money. I he did that, but it, it's, it's more that what he inherited in his will was power rather than but he obviously got left stuff but it was the power that he left him in his will basically so he bestowed him the title that you you now rule because he was if it was his son basically basically so he was he was quite a sickly child was augustus and um he, he sort of missed he, he, he wouldn't like turn up at battles and stuff like that because he was unwell right but rumor started to spread that he was a bit of a pansy basically, and he was a bit of a right. coward. And being called a coward back then wasn't very good. So he was 18 and he 
he he was really unwell, but he got on a horse basically <laughs> and travelled to fucking Spain from Italy um, to meet Caesar, uh, Julius Caesar at the time. And when he arrived, Julius Caesar had won the battle, right? But Julius Caesar said, look, when he left, when he left to make the journey, he would not have known that we'd won the battle, so he's not a coward. Yeah, he was coming to he's fight. Brave. He could have, he's brave. He's came in, and that sort of put him in good terms. And like on the travel, traveling back, he basically shared a shared a carriage with Julius Caesar. Spent a lot of time speaking to him, and so obviously made his mark. And that's when um, he decided to sort of um, put him into his will and basically say, "He's my son. He's going to take over from uh, when I die." Basically, so. Yeah, I had a wee bit more information about that one as well because, yeah, he was sort of treated as a coward and then that that, that one journey to Spain sort of made Julius went, right, he's not he's not a big shitbag, basically. He's came out here, he could have got murdered in the way, so yeah, we've got to give him kudos for that. Yeah, fair Obviously, point, really. I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy riding a horse from France to Spain. That's, <laughs> that's right, doesn't, does, doesn't sound nice. To... Yeah. Um, obviously, he wasn't called Augustus at birth. Uh, Gaius Octavius, he changed his name to Gaius Julius Caesar Octavianus, aka Octavian, upon being adopted by his great uncle. Um, 17 years later, the Senate decided to award him the name Augustus, meaning, again, revered one, sort of top potato. He also collected <laughs> numerous other titles over the course of his life, such as Pontifex Maximus, which means chief priest. Hello, friends, Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Uh, I did Prince. not know that. I just assumed that was like a... Sorry to interrupt you. I always just thought that sounded like a gladiator name, doesn't it? It sounds like a... A warrior type name, doesn't it? Like Pontifex Maximus. Well, the Pontifex thing like is very pa- papish, but the Pope basically is a Pontifex. Yeah, I suppose like, it is, yeah. Sort of, yeah. So, but Maximus is definitely, you think, of a sort of gladiator, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Princeps, which is first citizen. Uh, Imperator, which isn't the same as uh, Emperor. means commander-in-chief, basically, so he ruled the armies. And then D.V. Phileas which is son of a god, which is what I was talking about earlier, because um, after Caesar died, um, he was basically deified. So he right, can okay. say, he's my adopted dad, I'm still son of a god, basically. Um, right, okay. Augustus never referred to himself in the sort of um, dictatorial tones. He never said, he, he wasn't really like ripping about saying, I'm, I'm the dictator, I'm the boss, man, basically. And he did live in relatively modest quarters, Quarters, as they say back then, his, his house wasn't like a, a proper nailer, basically. Um, but he, he amassed real power, um, and again, that's why people seem to ref- think of him as sort of Rome's first emperor, basically. So, um, yeah, pretty successful politician and stuff like that. Um, next one, mate, you, you might have heard the next guy, Mark Anthony, he's involved in this story. 
You ever heard that? Yeah, name? yeah, he, he did something with Cleopatra at one point. Yes. Um so following Caesar's death, the teenage Augustus raised an army and he went to war with Mark Antony. Um, who there was a real life Mark Antony as well, who I think was married to Jennifer Lopez at one point as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but, I think so. this Mark Antony's real life as well, but I know what you mean. Ah, <laughs> you say real life, you say real life. Um, so he went to war with Mark Antony, Caesar's former deputy, who likewise considered himself to be the conqueror's political heir. Well, that's uh, uh, Ma- Ma- Mark Antony was like he was in Spain as well at the same time. And he right, kind of thought okay. he'd 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 get in the will it be Mark Anthony's top potato, so he was pretty uh, pissed okay. off that that young Octavian got it. Um, upon winning his first battle against Antony, though Augustus marched on Rome and he was elected consul, uh, the highest office of the Roman Republic. He then entered into the so-called Second Triumvirate, in which he, Antony, and Marcus Aemilius Lepidus um, agreed to divide Rome's territories between them. Um, as one of their first orders of business, they teamed up to defeat Caesar's assassins. And in order to solidify the alliance, Antony married Augustus's sister. And Augustus married Antony's stepdaughter. Um, neither marriage lasted, funnily enough. Um, however, nor did, they, the, nor did the, the, the agreement, basically, mm-hmm. um, or the friendship. The, the final break came in 32 BC, when Augustus used an illicitly obtained copy of Antony's will to rail against him and his high-profile mistress, the Egyptian queen Cleopatra. In the civil war that followed, Augustus blockaded Antony's forces off the western coast of Greece, and though Antony and Cleopatra both escaped to Egypt, the majority of their soldiers surrendered, and they both ended up committing suicide as Augustus closed in on them. To add insult to injury, Augustus ordered that Antony's heir be killed, along with a son that Cleopatra had with Caesar. Um, that's that's so a lot a lot going on there. Um, the fact that this all went on at the same time as Cleopatra, who was like living in pyramids and stuff like that, it it doesn't help me bring this to life more. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's like that that triumvirate was like so basically they tried to split the the power between those three guys that were mentioned and yeah, um, I think Mark Mark Anthony and Octavian sort of. Decided to get rid of that Marcus guy pretty quickly. Like, that, and I fuck him, he's a dickhead. Um, but then they, uh, then obviously they fell out. But yeah, that, so I'm not really good with family trees, basically. But Julius Caesar had a a, a son with Cleopatra, so his adopted son killed his real son, basically at that point there. That that's how little they sort of cared about sort of right like family and shit. But then it was like, right, okay, I'm the adopted son. That's my adopted father's real son, but because he's pals with Cleopatra and Mark Antony, they're my enemy. I'll just kill the boy as well, so that they're probably to sort of kill off any sort of familial line to emperorship, basically. So, like in the future, that young Cleopatra's boy couldn't turn up and go like that. I'm a Julius Caesar's real son, motherfucker. Yeah, he was basically just dotting the eyes and crossing the t's, wasn't he, making sure. Nobody could get in his way or get in his future way. Well, that's it, basically. I so he basically doubled the size of the empire. Having uh, get rid of his rivals, Augustus set about consolidating his power, improving Rome's infrastructure, and let's just beautifying the city. We kind of covered that. He also looked to expand the empire's borders, so he brought Egypt, northern Spain, the Alps, and a lot of the Balkans under Roman control as well. 
and progress was made in Germany because Germany was always a bit of a tough egg to crack back in the day. But uh, three legions were eventually wiped out in an ambush in AD 9. So this is nine years after zero, um, forcing the Romans to withdraw um, to like away for there, basically. Um, Augustus heard news of the defeat and he supposedly went a little bit mad, banged his head in the wall and yelled out for his general in charge to give me back my legions, according to one Roman historian. Um, as part of these expansion efforts, Augustus spent years in Spain, Gaul, Greece and Asia. So it's not like he stayed at home. You know, it's not like he's just sat in a castle, uh, whatever, which I would have definitely wanted to do. Um, he, he was travelling about, he was visiting these places, he was showing face, basically. Uh, he wasn't much a fighter himself because, like I said, he was he was sick a lot um, a lot of his life. Even though he lived to, even back then, quite a, a decent age, um, he, he never fought a lot and he would um, always, um, he had a pal called uh, Mark, Marcus Agrippa, who was more of the, the sort of tactical strategy guy that he would lean upon to get military advice, basically. So he had the right people around him. Well, they say, they say like, obviously people didn't live that long back then anywhere, but they do say one of the best places for long life is that sort of Mediterranean diet, so that probably helped them. <laughs> aye, probably, aye. Just munching a bear and whatever it is they eat out there, fish. Just, just fish and olives, basically, yeah. Aye, okay. Um, here's something that you, yeah, the, the, well, you say that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I certainly didn't. Um, the month of August was named after him, um, which is a wonderful thing. Um, Rome was in an era of relative peace and prosperity, and the Senate voted in 8 BC, so Jesus was 8, um, to rename the month of Sextilis after Augustus. No, Jesus was, mi- Jesus, Jesus was minus 8 in 8 BC. It was before, oh, it was before. Right. Okay, sorry, Jesus was my say. Virgin Mary was still a virgin, guys. <laughs> right? Um, they, they renamed the month of Sextilis after Augustus. Uh, during that month, the Senate purpose, uh, purportedly explained that its decree Augustus had first become council and won his final victory over Antony and Cleopatra. On the calendar, it followed July, formerly Quintilis, who'd recently been renamed in honour of Julius Caesar. So July is named after Julius Caesar, and August is named after his nephew stroke son, Augustus. And yeah. before that, they were called Quintilus and Sextilus. Quintilus. Sound like STDs, don't they? Aye, because back then that would have been the fifth and the sixth ones because they had a different calendar. Oh, for fuck's so, sake. So Quint and Sex would have been fifth and sixth because I think they only had ten months. But anyway... I'm not 100% sure how true this is as well, but um, I think they decided to name the month after him while he was still alive. And I I think he said because July had 31 days, he wanted his month to 31 days as well. And I'm not sure if that's true. Um, But fuck knows, because... So that's July and August, basically, mate. Um, He wasn't much a family man, and he did send his own daughter into exile, though. Um, oh wow! Okay, he was a, a a strong proponent of traditional values, basically, and he um, basically believed in sort of marriage and childbirth, and he criminalised adultery, despite allegedly being wildly unfaithful himself. But if you're top potato, you can do that. Anyway, yeah. he discovered in two BC before Christ that he's minus only two. child minus two that his only child at the time, Julia, never had a son, um, had been sleeping out of wedlock with numerous influential men, including Mark, Mark Antony's son. A lot of ancestral sort of stuff going on here. Uh, yeah. He banished her to the rocky island of Ventotine 
Um, although he later allowed her to transfer to a less isolated location, he never saw her again in his whole life. Uh, he likewise banished his granddaughter for alleged adultery, though in both cases historians believe that there might have been other factors at play as well, so not just for being oh, um, no. being a bit loose. Um, oh dear. Oh dear. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mad, like, this this whole thing, like, he's he's banging about, he's doing what he wants, it's fine, it's minus two. Um, <laughs> minus people two. doing that. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's minus two. He's got one child. She starts banging influential men, including Mark Antony's son. Right. So he banishes her like as if it's Game of Thrones or something. Like that. He just banishes her to a rocky island well, and never sees her again. Um, where do you think sort of Game of Thrones and J.R. Tolkien and that the guy, the Martin guy that wrote that? Where do you think he got these ideas from? It's all from fucking. It's all from actual history. Yeah, I suppose, but. It's see when it's on HD and it's on HBO and that it's a lot better. It's a lot better. Um, Fair enough. It's better. Um, I'll tell you the next one then, because um, this is a, this is quite interesting. Um, his potential heirs kept mysteriously dying. Um, he had no son of his own, so he spent a lot of time. Considering that Shaggy done it, you said I'm surprised he's not got a son. Um, but he spent considerable time and energy trying to cultivate a successor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he focuses early attentions on his nephew. Uh, Marcellus, who he married off to Julia in 25 BC, that's minus 25 Jesus, um, <laughs> but Marcellus fell ill and died a couple of years later, around the age of 21, which would be minus 4 Jesus. Um, yeah. Next, Augustus turned to Agrippa, which sounds like he grabbed her, um, mm-hmm. his friend and general, who, though 25 years older than Julia, produced three sons and two daughters with her. Wow, Charlie Chaplin stuff here. Um, mm. check, check that out in the archives, folks. Um, Augustus adopted and helped raise the two older boys, Gaius and Lucius, only to see the first die at the age of 23 after being wounded in Armenia and the second die at the age of 19 after contracting an unknown disease in Gaul. Um, Julia and Agrippa's third son, on the other hand, was purportedly full of rage and he was sent into <laughs> exile for it. He just um, <laughs> uh, he just he was in the right him. Uh, following Agrippa's death, Augustus forced his stepson Tiberius. These names are fucking horrendous. Uh, to divorce his beloved wife and marry Julia instead, but they only had one child together who died in infancy. His options have been considerably dwindled. Augustus finally turned with reluctance to Tiberius, who would go on to rule Rome from AD fourteen. So Jesus is fourteen. Yeah. Uh, to AD 37, I think Jesus is already dead by then. Yeah. Uh, Rumours spread that Tiberius's mother, Augustus's third and final wife, had killed off the other potential heirs so that her son would get the job. But no concrete evidence has ever emerged to that fact. You just, people were just dying left, right and centre back then. It's just, like, you got the cold and you were fucked, basically. But you know what? One of the reasons for that we we talked a little bit earlier about the the Mediterranean diet and how that is like helpful to a longer life and stuff like that. But even back then, Jack, it still wasn't ideal. What they could have been doing with was having somewhere in Rome a little bit like David Cox's quality butchers, right? Where yes. they could have got some decent stuff, some really good stuff all year round at Christmas. They could have got the Christmas hampers, but now around about this time of year, they can start thinking about Burns Night. And getting the haggis and all that sort of stuff from him as well, because he literally does it all. Um, Award winning, does home delivery, gives you five star service, and if you spend over thirty pounds, you can actually pay it in free interest free payments as well. He's he's swap everything here for you to get your steaks, 
your pies and your beef burgers. It really is a great, great butcher's and one I'd happily recommend. And I think these sons would maybe last a little bit longer if they were getting a breakfast pie down their gob every now and then. Yeah, and some smoky cupboard. <laughs> yes, some smoky cupboard meat indeed. Um, now, smoky cupboard meat doesn't sound very nice, but when it's proper smoke dry cured stuff, man, it's absolutely fantastic to be fair. So, yeah. yeah, also yeah. also when it's dry aged, which is the proper name for it, then it's. it's what did better. I say there? <laughs> uh, you said dry smoked or something. Ah, oh, fuck <laughs> so, that, man. So, uh, <laughs> I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah, but but guys, um, listen, we don't have a lot of sponsors. A lot of people kind of stay away from us because we're idiots, but um, these guys were good. So check them out, davidcoxbutchers.co.uk. Uh, check them out, and uh, if you were doing healthy eating and all that sort of stuff, they've got all the kind of protein packs and the low-fat mints and all that stuff as well. So get into it and check them out, davidcoxbutchers.co.uk. Do you know what, actually, I'm just going to call it a day in this episode. I think we've done 30 minutes, it's pretty tight, um, and that is the story of Augustus, basically, so... Um, cheers Colin absolute pleasure mate I enjoyed that I learned some things I didn't know um, I might not remember them after after this call but I've I've learned them for just now um, we, listen we're into this thinking we were doing a show about something completely different so it's a <laughs> yeah. success well, we covered a bit of Julius Caesar but uh, yeah, yeah this was more about Augustus his great grand nephew or whatever so um, cheers for tuning in guys and we will speak to you soon bye